Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk, now on its new day and time slot of Wednesday nights, December 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from sunny Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. I have to tell you, last week, I, boy, I tell you, when I get any type of flu or anything, I rarely get sick, but I tell you, when I do, I get, it's, it's a doozy, and I literally had like lost my voice and all that, so I'm glad everybody kind of made it through with that particular show for me. I uh, appreciate everybody on that one. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. <clears throat> I want to say thanks to all of you listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. If you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu, the wine guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the articles, and the shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, as you may or may not know, I am writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo, The Examiner, Google, and a few other wine portals. I have also made Wine One video series, um, and that can be viewed on both YouTube and my website, so check that out. And just to let you know, the uh, first series is now translated into a variety of different languages. So for my uh, Asian listeners, uh, in both Japan, I believe in China, it's now in, they're both in Japanese and Chinese, and uh, a few other languages. I'm, I'm kind of getting a few people that are emailing me about uh, from their countries, letting me know that it's popping up on, in various different places already uh, translated. So that's good news. Appreciate that. Also, uh, I'll be adding some more to the Wine 101 video series. There'll be a few on different varietals coming out. Again, I'm still in production on that, trying to get that squared away. So look for the, uh, there'll be one on Syrahs, um, Chardonnays. I'll break out the different varietals. And then I'll go into some of the, the most popular questions I've been asked about wines in general. Uh, how to throw your own wine on one, um, wine tasting at your home, um, and then just a few other questions that I think need to be answered via video. I've also been asked by a few of the wine makers and vineyards to do a few uh, wine 101s for them as well. Uh, that's something that's in the works. So when that comes out, of course, you'll be able to go to the website 
and you'll hear about it here on the radio show. So I just want to make sure that that information was out to you guys and let you know what's happening in that world. Uh, in addition to that, uh, let's see what's happening. You'll, I'll be talking about my, um, let's see, in the sh later in the show, question of the night, French or American, which do you prefer? So get ready on the phone and weigh in on that one. Get your fingers on the keyboard, and you can email me your answers to that one as well. Okay, let's see what else. Um, I've got a really fantastic show for you tonight. Of course, the number to call in, 1-646-381-4860. Or, of course, email me if you're a little shy to call in at info at Stu the Wine Guru. We'll talk about some industry updates in my segment called Heard It Through the Grapevine. After that, I'll give you a review of great value-priced wines. And today's wine is from France and around $14, so you'll want to stick around for that one. I'll make some red and white wine recommendations in my segment Stu's Pick of the Week, and um, the, a few of the, the ones that I've got going tonight is really going to be worthwhile listening about, because these are some, uh, some wines that people have been asking me about, if I knew about them. So listen for that one. And so this is, since this is reaching a worldwide audience, I've expanded the scope of the wine festivals and the events to accommodate all the world travelers out there, like myself. So stick around for my recommendations on where to go for wine and fun. All right, what else do we have coming up here? Continuing my new segment on tonight's show, I'll be making a restaurant pick of the week as well. So when you travel, I'll have a spot for you to go to that offers great food, and great wine as well, so stay tuned for that. I see I have a caller. Let's look. It looks like an international call. Uh, so, caller, uh, where are you calling from, and what is your name, and where's your question, of course? Hi, Stu. My name is Paul. I'm calling from Manchester. My question for you is, when you pour wine, do you put it through an aerator, and if you do, is there a particular one you like to use? I'll take your answer offline, and uh, great show here. Cheers. Okay, Paul. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for calling in. Uh, it looks like England is uh, weighing in tonight. First question of the evening. All right, so aerators. Uh, if you've listened to the show, I have gone over this. I tell you, it's been a debate in the ether about whether they do work, whether they don't work, uh, whether they're a gimmick, they're not a gimmick. My feeling on aerators, as I've always said before, I think they are fantastic. I, I, my joke about that, and I've said it over and over again, if I had invented I would be in a hammock in Costa Rica with my wife getting fanned and drinking a nice margarita or a pina colada at the moment. Um, the reason why I like aerators is for a couple different reasons. One, you know, it's depicted a wine and decanted. You know, the... Uh, the amount of air that can get into a, uh, well, let's just take it from a bottle standpoint. The amount of air, that's a very small mouth at the top of a bottle. And so when you hear people say, hey, let it breathe for 20 minutes or so, yeah, that does kind of do something, but it doesn't really bring out all the flavors and the, the essence of the wine. So the thought is the, the wider the mouth that the wine is sitting in and the wider uh, the bottom of it, uh, the more air that can get in and and 
you know, uh, consequently, the, the better the wine, the more that you can uh, aerate and get, you know, get all the flavors out of it. So people put it into a decanter. It looks nice. They can pour it. The aerator actually does what a decanter does in about two or three seconds. You pour it through it. It adds like a, a funnel and a, a um, literally like a tornado, a cyclone of air as you're pouring it, forcing it through into the glass. So in essence, if you look at it scientifically, uh, the more air you're adding into it, the more uh, that you're forcing it through, um, the quicker that you'll be able to accomplish that same thing, which is to, uh, to bring out all the, the best aspects of the wine and the, and the essence of it. Yes, I'm all for aerators. The one I like, uh, the one that seems to do well, again, I'm not an uh, advocate for any, I'm not a spokesperson for any aerator. The one I seem to think that looks aesthetically nice and also seems to work well, and it's mo very practical in that you only have to clean it out with cold water. You don't put any soap or put it into a dishwasher because that will completely ruin it, is the Vintari. Uh, it seems to, to do the job very, very well. They even have a stand for it. If you get it as a, a gift, It'll be in a box probably, they run around 60 bucks for that, though, the whole um, shebang. However, if you want to do it by itself, it's about $40, and I highly recommend them. I think they do a great job, and that's my answer on that particular question. Okay, we'll move on from here. So um, today's some great value price wines I'm going to talk about. The, today's choice is from France in the San Emilian region. It's a 2005 Chateau Labourie. This wine is a Bordeaux blend of Merlot and Cabernet. It's got great notes of oak, some plum, some licorice, and a, a bit of minerality. The average price you'll find this for is about $14, and my student wine guru rating is 92 points. And this is a highly recommended wine, really for any occasion. I look at this as a wine that you can actually, you know, if you have some friends over and you just want to pour something kind of initially before dinner, uh, this is a great red to just, you know, pour out and let people sip on for a while. Um, you know, in other words, if you're not pairing it particularly with anything, you could pair this wine with maybe like a, a grilled beef, something like that. Not a problem at all. But I, I kind of look at it more like a, a really, really good, well-balanced table wine. Uh, the tannins are, uh, I kind of say, like uh, medium tannins on it. You know, they're, they're defi it's definitely like a, a, a bit bright and a little bit earthy, but really, really a good, good wine, good value too as well. Okay, so every week I choose a red and white wine that I recommend for the weekend or any occasion. A lot of people have asked me about a variety of different varietals. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really try to work literally the, the, the full board, the full spectrum, because I kind of feel like, you know, I don't want anyone, one area or one region to get too much play. So this week's red is a 2005 XYZ Zin. And I look at it as a quintessential Zin. 
The notes on this are spice and pepper that you typically get uh, right away. It's medium bodied, and uh, the average price you're going to find this for is around $16. It could vary a few dollars here or there. I would pair this with pizza, hamburgers, uh, any kind of, um, I would call it like uh, a barbecue fare. That's the best way to put it. It's, to me, one of the most versatile varietals is a Zinfandel. And, you know, it doesn't really get the, the um, cachet or the um, props that it's due. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people find that that spicy, peppery finish a little off-putting. And I think for the average wine drinker, I think it takes a little while to get your palate, to really, you know, hone your palate on a Zinfandel. You know, the Pinot Noir is an easy drinking wine, and I think people find that when they start out uh, and they want to get into wine, I, something that I see happens is a lot of people start out with, you know, kind of on the fruitier end, like the Pinots tend to be, you know, a little bit more of that current flavor. But, you know, a lot of the California, I'm not saying all, but a lot of the California Pinot Noirs tend to now have gotten more um, fruit forward. And, and that's okay. I mean, I like Pinot Noirs, and you, you've heard me talk about it a million times, uh, Oregon, even the, the French Burgundy and, and the Pinot Noirs from there as well. But what I do find is people start at the Pinot Noir and kind of work their way to the cab. Uh, and they get to the Zin, and for some reason, unless you really appreciate that peppery finish and the spice and all that on it, it tends to be a little off-putting. And here's what I say to do. Here's the best way to really, really appreciate a Zin. Train your palate a little bit more for that type of, uh, those type of tastes and uh, experiences, is get a nice hamburger, even a cheeseburger, whichever you like. Okay, and find, you can find one like this if you want, like the, the uh, XYZ Zin, that's a good one to start with, or there's a couple other ones I'll recommend, like Plunger Head's another one, about a $14 one. Uh, if you really want to get into the Zins and you really want to start, you know, you could spend a little bit more uh, Earthquake, which is another one for about $24, $25. Uh, also out there is the Ridge uh, Ridge makes phenomenal like Geyserville or Paso Robles. You'll find these in your stores somewhere in between the 1925s. They can get up there as high as uh, $30. But I, what I would say is once you've trained your palate and gotten into the Zin where you feel comfortable and you really enjoy a good Zinfandel and you can kind of discern the differences between one that you find maybe a little too tinny or a little too light or um, uh, too tannic, for one that you do like, that you can tell the differences, then I would get into those. But in the interim, this 2005 XYZ Zin is kind of like I said, the quintessential Zin, just the right amount of pepper and spice on the finish. And if you take that, get a nice cheeseburger, or even I'll go as far as saying get some pizza, because that already has a little bit of uh, red sauce on it and, uh, and spice and all that. I think when you pair it with that and then try a Zin, uh, in pairing it, you will get kind of all the, the, it brings out the great characteristics of the Zin, and the Zin will really make that kind of give a little oomph to the pizza and or the hamburger or cheeseburger that you have. So just a, a little note when you're considering trying uh, a Zinfandel for the first time. Okay, we're going to move on to the white wine pick of the week. 
Okay, so my white wine pick of the week is a very interesting, extremely interesting choice, and I'll tell you why. I got some emails recently from a lot of people telling me that, you know, I used to say I stick to what is indicative grape-wise or varietal to the region that makes it. And when I say that, I mean this. I like to have calves from California, Napa Valley, wherever. Um, I like uh, a good French Bordeaux. I like a Shiraz from Australia. The reason why I say this, and or a Malbec from you know, Chile or Argentina, a Mendoza. The reason why I say this is because you know, it's not fixing, you know, you, you, you're not, it's not like re, recreating or reinventing the wheel. Uh, those regions have worked on those particular varietals forever or, you know, kind of brought them to the market. So they tend to be, you know, you tend to find the best in those regions. But here's where I kind of part ways in that, and this kind of flies in the face of it. So the white wine pick of the week is a 2008 Pascual Tozo Argentinian Pinot Grigio. Kind of odd, I know, kind of throws things uh, a wrench in the works. However, it's light, it's crisp. Of course, it has that kind of hints of lemon on the finish a little bit. Um, you should be able to find this wine for about $12. You know, and typically, as everyone says, you know, white wines, you know, go with fish or chicken. You know, yeah, I, I, but you always hear me say, if you want to drink a white wine with uh, a red sauce, if you want to drink a red wine with, um, you know, a chicken franchise, it's your palate. You know, go to town, enjoy it, because everybody's palate's different. Everybody perceives wine in a different way, and um, you know, I don't think there sh you should have to follow the hard fast rules. So, um, although I do, you know, kind of think in this scenario with a Pinot Grigio that this this one particularly does bode well with uh, a fish or chicken dish. And again, we're going from Argentina and a Pinot Grigio, which you normally would want to go Italian or you know American, but I have to say, Pascual Tozo, who's normally known for Malbecs, Cabernet, Cabernet Malbecs blend, happens to make a, a really good Pinot Grigio. It's actually called Tozo, just so you know, for everybody out there. It's called Tozo, and you'll find it out there for about 12 bucks. So go out there and take a look, and you'll see you'll find it there. All righty. We're going to move on here. All right, my restaurant pick of the week. Tonight's restaurant actually is from right here in South Florida, and I know this is kind of uh, I'm not making a um, there's not going to be a pattern here where I'm just doing it within a stone's throw of where I am here in Coral Springs. But I, I did think that this particular restaurant definitely deserves mention. Tonight's restaurant is from the city of Boca Raton, and it's called Josephine's. If you want amazing, authentic Italian cuisine, and a great wine list. Do not miss the opportunity to try Josephine's. If you happen to be coming down here, it's cold weather everywhere else in the United States, pretty much right now. Some places are having blizzards. Some people are seeing record, uh, 
record inches of snow. Um, and if they're not seeing snow, they've already had it already. And if they're not, if they didn't have it already, they're having bone chilling, you know, single digits, sometimes minus uh, Celsius, uh, some, some severe weather. So if you're going to be coming down here in Florida, I think you definitely deserve to treat yourself and get out to, to Josephine's in Boca Raton. It's really a beautifully appointed and designed dining room, and it really gives you the feel of being like in, in Tuscany or in Italy in, in a restaurant there, in a nice restaurant there. Uh, they have great pastas, great specialty dishes. Uh, and, you know, they don't only do, I mean, they do mostly Italian, but they do also do, you know, you can get a, a, a good steak there, a good uh, fish, and so forth. So you're not just limited. Um, the prices range from about 18 or so and up. Uh, so when you come down here and you get out of the cold, I want you to go check out Josephine's and tell them that you heard about it on Stu the Wine Guru Wine Talk. And that would be a great experience for you. Okay, so I have I see some email uh, questions coming in here, and uh, let's see what we got here. Um, it looks like um, trying to read this one, boy. I tell you, it doesn't pay to get old. Uh, it's from White or Nothing from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it says, "Stu, what is good wine for fish?" Oh, we just happen to be talking. About it. Love the show. Keep going, brother. All right, well. Thanks, wine, white or nothing. Uh, in Minneapolis, stay warm. Traditionally, white, sobs, and shards tend to fare well. Um, but depending on the dish and the type of fish that you're having, there are some reds that you can pair as well. I always tell you, if you get a chance, go to my website, check it out. There's a glossary of grapes. This will give you more info on all of that and tell you what you can pair, what you should pair, uh, what grape goes well with what, and so forth. All right, I see the next question, and they're coming fast and furious. The question is from Circle of Wine from Sydney, Australia, and it says, Stu, you know your wines, mate. Do you think terroir makes a big difference in the taste of wine? Keep up the good work. Good on you. Oh, very nice. Thanks for the email from Down Under. Yes, I do. I think it is one part of the big taste picture, if you will. Terroir, soil, climate, location, winemaker, Mother Nature, all these are factors that play a big part in making a good wine and one that tastes good. Okay, let's see what else we've got here. Um, all right, so we're going to go to my question of the night. And that one is um, French or American? Which do you prefer? Let's see. And I got one from me and my wine. Okay, and it says, from New York, New York. New York, New York, my hometown. Tough call. Depends on what I'm eating or who I'm with. Stu, I've listened from the beginning, and your show gets better each time. I like hearing opinions from different countries and cultures. Thanks, me and my wine, for your email. I try to keep it entertaining, 
I also enjoy speaking to people from everywhere. Okay, next one is from Dino d'Italia from Tuscany, Italy. All right, Italy is chiming in tonight. And he says, Stu, I'm really enjoying your show. I'm into the old world wines, being from Italy. That makes sense. I've not found a good American wine that I really liked as much as the French. Love the show. I'll keep listening. Ciao, Benny. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks, Vino, for your email. I'm a bit shocked. I've got to be honest on the uni focus. But, uh, you know, that's okay. Everybody's each to their own. I understand the whole idea of being from Italy and, you know, um, you know being into the old world because, you know, that's kind of the way the old the Italian wines are made, very similar in the same way that the French are made. But, you know, hey, no problemo. Okay. Next one's from Cuatros Vinos from Barcelona, Spain. And it says, Stu, love both. I've had some great Bordeaux and some great California cabs. Great show. I'll try to call in next week. Well, I appreciate if you call in. I love to hear from everybody from all over the world. Thank you for your email, Cuatros. And right on, man, with the variety. I mean, that's what it's all about in life. You know, you really got to think outside of the box. A lot of people get kind of tied in, you know. Uh, they try a wine or two, and that's all they know. Or they don't want to experience anything for fear that uh, they're not going to like it, which, me, I never understood that. I, you know, open up the floodgates of wine from everywhere, and I'm all for it. Let's see, last one. What do we got here? Um, all right, let me give you, let me give you my thoughts on that. I love wine from everywhere. I mean, it really. I have to be honest. This this question really was a trick question, because you know, how can you pick one varietal or region? Wine is way too broad. I mean, I think about it. It if you just drank California wines your whole life and never experienced uh, Brunello. Man, what you'd be missing, you know, or you never experienced like the perfect Bordeaux uh, or a Chateau Lafitte, you know, if you got a chance to get one of those or you drink one of those, you know, you know, uh, or never had like a really good Spanish Rioja, you know, I, I can't imagine just only wanting to drink. It's like you know what it is. It's to me, it's like going into a candy store, right, and you have all the candy in front of you, anything you want, chocolate. Uh, you know, peanuts, um, you know, um, cookies, every type of candy and cookie and, that you can think of. And you walk in and you pick a, you know, uh, a piece of gum. You know what I mean? It's like, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't relate to it at all. But, you know, again, I think, it, I think those type of pe people that think that way with that unique focus – is more so just people that, you know, I guess get comfortable in what they drink in the area that, where they're from. And, uh, you know, time to live outside the box, people. Time to try something different. So that's my, uh, that's my take on it, and I'm sticking to it. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Um, let's take a look at uh, some things going on around the world here and see what we can, uh, what we can do. Hold on a second.
All right, so let's let's look at some uh, events that are going on around here, uh, things that you can go to and check out around the world. Um, someone asked me uh, again about last week's uh, one of the last weeks. I want to get back to it. They asked me to to, to remind them about um, a couple of the events that were going on and that. Uh, I did update, and I just actually had it updated, so it's on there. But let's just go into that. If you're going to be in Arizona, uh, if so, in Carefree, on the 15th through the 17th of January is the Carefree Wine and Food Festival. The festival holds the title of Arizona's largest wine tasting event, featuring first-class wines from Arizona, California, Australia, Germany, Austria, France, and Italy. So go check it out. Some of these that I'm going to re repeat to you are worth repeating because of the fact that they're really, really unbelievable. And uh, I, I suggest, highly suggest you get out to them. So if you get in a plane and you fly over to San Francisco on the 25th of February, again, I'm going to skip around a little bit here. Uh, you don't want to miss the Around the World in 80 Sips. The event will feature Bottle Notes supplier pouring 80-plus sips of fabulous wines from around the world. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, finally, for the world traveler out there, like myself, on March 10th through the 23rd, if you're going to be in Melbourne, Australia, you can go to the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival 2010. The chefs of Melbourne's prized restaurants, they get carried away, they get out there, they get festival fever, and they open the doors so you can check out some good stuff going on there. And let me just make sure, there's a couple other things I was going to tell you about here. Um, Trying to get everything linked up so you can check it out. Bear with me a second. And just so you know, if you get to a chance to get to the site, uh, a, lot, a lot of what I'm mentioning to you is on there. There's a few other things that are on there, so you can check that I haven't mentioned yet to you. Uh, let's see. Yep, January 15th through the 24th, Niagara Ice Wine Festival in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. So for the Canadians that have come down here to South Florida and enjoying the, the weather, I definitely believe you want to get out to um, anybody that's going out to Canada on the 15th through the 24th, Niagara Ice Wine Festival. I also see in my chat room, and as you know, I have a chat room that you can go on and, while the show's live, and I usually post the question of the day on there, uh, and you can answer that. Uh, I see a, a regular here on the show that's in. Let's see, I've got uh, Felix in New Jersey. And let's see, he says, white Bordeaux is great. He said, and undervalued. I agree a thousand percent. American Zin is great. Okay, I'm, on, I'm right on there with you, Felix, in that. I drink whatever tastes good. Samuel Blanc from New Zealand is excellent, too. Ice wine is great. Aha. Well, I just mentioned that. Well, listen, Felix, if you get a chance and you feel like calling in, in addition to the, um, the uh, chat room that you're on, uh, as I mentioned, there is a... Ice Wine Festival in Ontario, Niagara, Ontario, Canada on the 15th through the 24th. So if you like ice wine, you want to get out there as well. And finally, there was another one that I mentioned once before, but I think it is definitely due to be repeated. The Riesling du Monde in Strasbourg, France. And that is a great one to go to. So definitely get out there, travel around there. Check out the different wine festivals and food festivals that are going on. You definitely want to see what's out there to be had, to be drank, to be eaten, 
and uh, I always think it's a smart idea to do that. Okay, let's see what else. I've gotten uh, a few other things going on here. So we can... <laughs> I find her. Felix adds in there, yummy. Okay. Thanks, Felix. Felix, get on the horn. Give us a call in here. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Checking a few things out for you. Tell you, it's been pretty crazy and hectic. Let's see. All right. I think that kind of kind of covers it here. I just wanted to make sure. Well, yeah, I think tonight we're going to do a a uh, 30-minute show instead of a 45-minute show. So I want to thank everybody that, uh, that called in. Paul from Manchester, England, thank you again. He weighed in on his question for the evening. And I want to thank the emailers that emailed in, their questions as well. As always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click on the link for all my wine articles, videos to listen to, the archived wine talk shows as well. Um, I, just a, a little note here. I was mentioning about the videos. Um, the good thing about that gives you the capability, if you like, at any time on your phone, on your computer, and any source that you can watch video on, uh, if you're looking for something whereby you want to get uh, a recommendation and want to learn about a particular wine, it's a really good idea to check it out. Just go and click on that. You can also go to YouTube if you want and just put in Stu the Wine Guru and find that. You can also go online and just for fun, you can just go to Google and Google search Stu the Wine Guru and that will give you kind of all the updates that are happening and what I'm doing and where I'm going and what I'm uh, what I'm producing, and uh, you can also get the archive shows there as well, and any affiliations with any companies. I also want to mention that I, I'm trying to get, uh, as quickly as possible, back to the vineyards and the wine-related companies who are interested in doing the uh, wine commercials, as I call them, and sponsoring the show, as a couple of sponsors have uh, already been Locked in, and we're looking at January to have some more. Uh, coming up, uh, we should have an Australian um, winemaker on for the Christmas show. You're going to want to listen to that, and they'll go into making their wines in Australia and uh, how they go about it in Borsa Valley and a few other places. And I think that covers the notes for that. So, as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk. 